Good afternoon, I'm Darren Kelly and welcome to this week's third half. It's a two-for-one special as we chat ladies football and camogie on the show. Former Dublin ladies football captain Martina Farrell looks ahead to the county senior club championship and also the Metropolitan's All-Ireland title defence. West Meekamogi manager Johnny Greville talks about them taking their bow in the All-Ireland Senior Championship this year and who he thinks will prevail from their domestic club competition. Bernie Byrne gives us the update on the Wicklow Camogie scene, their competitive club title race and the hopes for progressing the game in the county. We've all this, the result of the weekend and much more. So let's start with the ladies' football results of the weekend, and we'll start in Cork. Ride Rovers 4-9, St. Thales 2-11, Inch Rovers 3-9, Fermoy 1-7. Waterford Senior Ladies Football Championship, Bally McCabry 3-7, Comer Rangers 12 points. In Limerick, Bally Landers 5-9, Fiona Castlemahan 7 points, Monaghy 2-9, Old Mill 1-4. Donegal Senior Ladies Football Championship, Glen Fenn 3-17, Moville 2-19, Termin 8-9, Buncrana 3 points. In Monaghan it finished Dunamoyne 5-16, Emmy Vale 3 points, O'Neill Shamrocks 4-7, Latin 1-8. In the Westmeath Senior Ladies Football Championship, Coralstown Kennegad 2-13, Moat 2-8, Gary Castle 2-10, The Downs 1-7, St Mary's 4-16, St Lomans 3-5. In Kildare, Selbridge 13-26, St Lawrence's 1 point, Johnstown Bridge 11 points, Clean 6, and Nace 115, Minute 13 points. In Carroll, one result, Benny Kerry, Tin Ryland 7.30, Matt Philly a point. Sligo Senior Ladies Football Championship, Giva 2.10, Turtle Strand 1.7, St Mary's 2.13, St Nate's 1.10. In Roscommon, the results, Kilbride 2.13, Western Gales 1.2, Kilglass Gales 7.13, St Mary's 2.9, Shannon Gales 2.8, Clonmagale 11 points. And finally in Leitrim it finished Lincar Manor Hamilton 4.17, St Francis 4 points, St Joseph's 1.12, Kiltorbert 4 points, Sean O'Hesson's 3.20, St Bridget's no score. I'm delighted now to be joined by former Dublin ladies football captain Martina Farrell where we're going to look ahead to the All-Ireland Champions 4 in a row ambitions and also the Dublin Senior Ladies Football Championship which kicks off tomorrow evening first. Good afternoon Martina. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good now. Thanks a million for joining us here in Sports Stars. You're very welcome. It's a great idea. It's been a great time for Dublin ladies football in the last couple of years. And it's hard to believe for those that have only followed ladies football recently that Dublin didn't win an All-Ireland title before 2010. I know. Um, yeah, it was, it was very difficult. I was uh, part of that team who got to a couple of All-Irelands and a couple of semi-finals. We just couldn't get over the line, unfortunately. We came up against um, some teams that were just better than us on the day. Like we were a very, we were a very good structured team, but we just needed a little bit more, and unfortunately, we didn't have it. Um, and then, of course, there was a fantastic uh, Dublin team that came through where they lost those three in a row, um, and then they won the three in a row. So, I mean, it's just that's an amazing story for most of those girls who did lose some. They eventually did come on and win, which is amazing. And it's testament to the character to the current team too that they did bounce back from those three losses as well because it's very hard to keep going to the well when you're the wrong side of results but they kept going there and eventually in 2017 they got over the line. Yeah, it, it's... Well, 
it really helped when Mick Bowen came back into the, the team when he took over. He has a great way of, of uh, getting you to believe in his system. And once a team believes in a system, it, you know, it, it will work. Plus the fact that, I mean, there are some fantastic players there. I was involved um, in management of the Dublin Minor team a number of years ago. And all of those players are now currently playing. They all went through... Um, and, and quite a few of them lost a number of all Ireland at minor level also. Like you would have had um, Sinead Goldrick, uh, Noel Healy, um, like there's a ton of them, Neve McAvoy, Lindsay Davey. Uh, they were all involved with us. And they're, they're quality players. I mean, you can't get better than them. So when they went through, they were young going through to uh, lose those all Ireland. So they were still young when they came around, came into 17, 18 and 19, beating Mayo in that first game in 17, beating Cork in 18 and then beating Galway. Like I lost to Galway and, and Mayo in two All-Ireland. So I was thrilled when they went back and, and they, they won again against those two teams. And you were thinking, I was going to ask you about the minor in a second, but as you mentioned there back in 03 and 04, I think it was a late Diana Horror goal in, against Mayo and Galway just seemed to rally back into the match the following year as well. But the, there was young players, might necessarily be on the lines of time, but there was young players, were they showing signs at the time? Or was it really that 2008 um, crew that you mentioned there that I reached the springboard for the success that came just two years later? No, we, there's still some girls playing that played with me in 2003 and four and back in those days. I mean, Lindsay Davey, this is her 17th year. She's a phenomenal talent. Um, I don't think Dublin would have won maybe anything without her and uh, Siobhan McGrath and Sinead Ahern. They're class players. They're outstanding players. And you don't see many of them around and they don't come around very often. So they were young. They came. Th they were just in with us at the time. They were coming through. So they brought all that experience from a young age through to that 2010 team and then through to, to still playing at 17, 18 and 2019, you know. So it did stand to them. As you mentioned, Mick Bowen as well, him coming back in and getting them over the line. Jeffrey McGonagall had come very, very close, but it just seems to have made them into a winning unit and no signs of stopping at the moment. Well, hopefully not. I mean, all those girls, I, I don't know, but I don't think anybody has retired. Um, my biggest worry was that Sinead O'Hearn or Lindsay Davey might not come back, but they seem to be back. I'm not quite sure, but I think they are. Last talking to Lindsay anyway, she's definitely back. Um, so, and of course, you have Neve McAvoy and Goldie back from Melbourne. Um, again, you can get more outstanding players. They are involved with us. Um, at minor level also. I mean, they were brilliant back then. They were just learning their trade. They were a joy to work with. They were um, just really, really dedicated uh, to their sport and they're just super athletes. And they've been shown as year on year. It's different this year with everything that has gone on. They're in a, a, a tough and all group with Donegal and Waterford. Definitely two teams alone have a goal to two. And there's very little margin of error. So the pressure will be on when the inter-county season kicks off again in October. Yeah, I think it'll be very hard. I mean, it's, you don't know how fit these players are. You expect them to be at the top of their game. But that's, that's okay when you're uh, trying to maybe run. But this is football. So... It's the speed of the game that, that will determine who is going to be the best team at this point. 
Um, it's very easy to be fit, but not match fit or not up to that level of speed. So that'll be the difficulty. Um, I do think that Dublin are in a hard group. I think Donegal and Waterford are, are very, you know, they're very good teams. Um, I know Dublin beat Waterford in the league earlier in the year, but again, that's four or five months ago, so six months ago. So you really don't know what's going to happen. Again, you'd expect Dublin to come out and win those games. Um, I expect they will do that. I think it is the toughest group out of the four groups that are there. It is, and it just goes to show, especially with only one spot available, that the groups are much tougher than any other year because, as you say, there's no margin of error. But, of course, before that, Martina, uh, there's a small matter of the club championship where they'll all get into it. And, of course, in the last couple of years with Dublin, the talk's been about Fox, Rock, Cabin Teeley. They've been in All-Ireland finals twice. They haven't got there yet, but they will probably be the team to beat. Oh, without a doubt. Um, they've had won five Dublin championships in a row. They're, when you see a team doing that, and they're, they're not winning their finals in Dublin by much, but they're winning them. Um, and they're going on to Leinster finals. They uh, lost the semi-finals last year to a team who uh, lost, or they, yeah, they lost to uh, Morn Abbey from Cork, who Noel Healy was playing with. So Noel Healy like, was, a, was a big factor in that win last year. Um, then you have uh, they lost the semi-finals the year before so they're there and thereabouts at All-Ireland level um, it's hard to see them being beaten I mean some of the players they have uh, obviously Goldie Amy Connolly Neve Collins uh, Emma McDonald they're all Dublin players and, and back when, when Bally Bowden my club when we were winning uh, we won a couple of All-Irelands but when we were winning Leinsters and Dublins we won seven or eight or nine in a row and we had a good chunk of players that were on the Dublin squad training with Mick and training all the time. So, you know, it really helps bring that back to your club once everybody is there. So I assume all those players will be playing with their club. And it's just hard to see. Um, it's hard to see how Fox Rock won't come out and win it, really, to be honest with you. Well, Martina, I don't know if there's any such an easier group in Dublin, but I'm going to come back to Ali with some of those county final teams in Ekin because Fox Rock, they start off, of course, with the United Thomas Davis, Clontarf play St. Sylvester's at the same time. Nafina have to buy this. Good clubs there with pedigree in Dublin, but uh, Fox Rock have avoided teams that they've met in county finals in recent years. Yeah, just looking at the group, Fox Rock have, yeah, Thomas Davis, Clontarf, Sylvester's and Nafina. Um, I would think probably the Crokes on the other side probably have a harder group, maybe. Um Fox Rock played Crokes in the final last year and they were just they just won by a few points. Rock quite sure what it was, two or three points. Um, and then like Crokes well beat Sylvester's in the semi-finals. Fox Rock beat Thomas Davis in the in the semi-finals, again, not by much, but just by a couple of points. Um, so Crokes should come out on group two, um, I would expect. Again, you don't know, it's it's not easy. But uh, with Fox Rock, yeah, it's hard to see them beat them. I mean, the, the talent they have is unbelievable. Um, again, there's a girl, there's a new girl, there's a Cork girl after joining Crooks. Um, she is from uh, the club Barra, I think, Neve Cotter. She could be a big asset to them. I mean, she could make a big difference when it comes down to a final day. Actually, I remember hearing about Neve Cotter a few weeks ago. Noel Healy, of course, going back to Dublin as well, but Neve Cotter now gone the other way too. It's not too many sports, you'd see too many Dublin Cork transfers, is there? No, my God, you wouldn't see it anywhere else. Um, I assume Neve is working in, and living in Dublin at the moment. And it's fantastic, actually, to see where you can do that in ladies' football. I mean, Noelle is a doctor and worked in, in Cork last year. She couldn't come back up 
and, and do that uh, that uh, commute on a regular basis. So the, that club, I'm sure Maureen Abbey were delighted to have her, but it was very they were very good to her to let her go and join them. Um, and vice versa for Crokes. Um, Neve Cotter probably lives and works somewhere out there. Um, and it's brilliant that she has a club to go to and to train with uh, uh, as much as she possibly can without having to go home to Cork. Neve Cotter could be the one to watch this year. Just going to that group, as you mentioned, Kilmer Good Crows losing out after extra time in the final last year against Foxwood Cabantili. But there's also St. Bridges in the group. They were in the 2018 final. They are their way to Fingalians in the opening game on Wednesday night. Your own club, Ballyboden St. Enders, were in the final in 2017. They're up against Clonagail Fontenoy as well. So there's three or four series contenders with the spots in that group. Yeah, well, just looking at the league. Now, again, this is before COVID hit, so you don't know what it's going to be like, how, how people are going to be after. But um, Crokes beat Baddy Bowden in the, in the league earlier on. Um, who, as did you say, Sylvester's beat Fingalians. Clontarf beat Bridget's. Now, the Sylvester Fingalians was very close. Um, but Clontarf beat Bridget's. And again, with Bridget's, you've Noel Healy back with Bridget's. So that is going to stand to the team. I mean, she's a bomb. She's... She's a flyer, you know. She's very difficult to stop when she gets that ball. Um, and, and she played a huge part in um, Moran Abbey winning the All-Ireland last year with her pace and her speed. Um, she's like a, a magnet. People go to her, so therefore she can just tip it off and somebody else scores. So she's going to be a big um, addition to Bridget's this year. It's going to be so competitive, even trying to pick semi-finalists coming out of those particular groups. But Martina, the question we're going to ask you before we let you go is the overall uh, prediction is it Fox Rock all the way, do you reckon, or can Noel Healy or Neil Cotter or one of the two others uh, put a, um, a twist in the tail yet? Um, I w- I, it would be hard to uh, bet against uh, Fox Rock Cabantili. Um, Sinead Goldrick is an awesome player. Uh, she can lead, she can defend, she can score, she can play anywhere. Uh, one of my favourite players that I've ever seen, that I've ever coached, I have to say. She's just a wonderful, wonderful player. When she leads and she's playing well and she does what she's able to do, which is anything, um, and with those wonderful players around her, uh, Amy Connolly, I think Amy Ring is still playing with them, Emma McDonough, like Neve Collins, they're, they're very difficult to stop. And when you have the ability to win games by 1.2.3 points regularly, it, it, it's hard to say anything against them. So, yeah, I, I'd be, I'm a betting lady, so I'd be very, 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 uh, very mad to bet against uh, Fox Rock Cabinteely. Oxford Cabantina, I'll leave you with this one, didn't you say you're a betting lady Dublin again for Northern Ireland? Oh yeah, well, yeah, I would think so. Uh, it's very hard to, to, to bet against them. All those players are still there. It's all about the want and the motivation. Um, after having uh, a, a number of months off now, um, and then with Sinead Goldrick and Eve McAvoy back from Aussieland, and you know, all those players not having played, Lindsay, I'd say it's just... Uh, Chomping at the bit to get back to uh, in club football and, and county football. So, yeah, hard to bet against them and, and um, I wish them all the luck. I hope they do it again. That's our official prediction from our sports stars pundit, Martina Farrell. Fox Rock and Dublin Double. Martina, thanks a million for joining us. Hopefully it's the first of many conversations we have over the next while or so. Thanks, Darren. Martina, thanks a million for that. Absolute pleasure. Okay, that was great. Yeah, thanks a million. Anytime. Oh, that was brilliant. I was delighted to talk to you too. I would, I would have seen you play before. Never got a chance to say hello. Like, oh, hopefully, we we'll definitely get to do it again. Like, you know. I, I nearly forget how to play at this stage. <laughs> I'd say, I'd say, you know more than you're letting on. <laughs> um, I know it was, it was. It's lovely to actually be able to talk about football again. It's, it's, 
it, you kind of, you get so engrossed in your own children playing ball and we're coaching both myself and my husband, Dave, we coach all the time. So it, it's very hard to uh, kind of get back to the my roots of ladies football. You know, it's very hard to get to those club games. Even inter-county games, it's impossible to get because we're always at our own games. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. But that's why you're in the game. It's just a different time now where you're focusing on the kids and the coaching as well. But uh, like, it's always people in what's going on, like, you know, and um, sort of say, a lot, as you mentioned as well, a lot of those players are still there. Like, I even there, I was guessing there was a few of them, but off the top of my head, but I didn't realize how many of yes, them. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody has left. I think everybody is still there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually don't think anybody has left. So if they haven't, um, I was talking to Lindsay recently, and, and Lindsay and Noel are going to do a little thing for me. Um, with some young players, and yeah, they were they they're dying to get back into it, you know. Oh yeah, I know that's the thing too. As you're after being cooked up so long, yes, we have to be all careful of you know everything going on, and hopefully it's hopefully it's easing away. We don't know, like it's figures are contrasting every week, but I'd say with the players too, even any that we've spoken to, um, it's just like mad to get back to the game. Like our Komogi feature this week is Ashley Maher. And she missed, of course, so much with injury before the lockdown. And just again, she's saying just to get back playing, that's all they want to do do now. And fly to be going back with the club first, and then all going well to be back with Dublin or whatever county the case may be afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know, yeah, it is. They're, they're all dying to get back to it. Well, now, now that you've uh, got my, uh, you've whetted my appetite for getting back into the club scene, I'll have to, I'll, I'll, the next time I'm talking to you, I'll, be, I'll know more of my stuff. I'll know more of the players. Well, uh, I'll hold you to that before a county final or a Dublin Championship match later in the year. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. <laughs> so before we finish up the ladies' football section of the show, let's look at the fixtures we have to hand for the next couple of days. Starting tonight, Tuesday, in the Wexford Senior Ladies' Football Championship, Adamstown against Clonlee at 7.30. At the same time, Clongeen host on Brody Gales and Crossabeg Ballymurn take on the defending champion, Shelmalier. And at 8 o'clock, it's Clonard Volunteers up against St. Anne's. It's also a big night down in Cork, the Cork Senior Ladies Football Championship. The All-Ireland Champions Mourn Abbey begin their campaign when they host West Cork. That game throws in at 8 o'clock. As mentioned earlier on, the Dublin Senior Ladies Football Championship starts tomorrow. That's Wednesday night. 7.30 game, Fox Rock Cabinteely. Take on Thomas Davis. That's in Kilboggan Park. That's in Group 1. In Group 2 in St. Anne's, it's Clontarf against St. Sylvester's. That game throws in at 8 o'clock. And then in Group 2 of the Senior Championship, both games are 7.30. In Porky Muraku, Ballyboden St. Indus take on Clonnagale Fontenoy. And at Lawless Park, it's Fingallians up against St. Bridget's. So that's the Dublin games. There's also games tomorrow night in Leash. Three matches throwing in at 7.45. St. Bridget's host St. Connets. Timahoe take on St. Paul's. And Port Leash meets Sarsfields. It's time now to move to Camogie and we'll start with the results of the weekend. The Galway Senior Camogie Championship, Atten Rye 619, Capitagal 1-7. In Roscommon, it finished at League 2-10, 4 roads 1-10, St. Dominic's 4-20, Warwick Pierce's 2 points. The Wexford Senior Camogie Championship, out of the Bala 2-17, Glen Barrentown 13 points, Ratnura St. Anne's 4-5, made Anus 6 points. In Offaly, three results, Burr 315, Shinrone 314, St. Rhinus 319, Lusma Cullen 3-7, and St. Killian's 211, Kilcormick Kilahi 211. That was a draw. And the Clare Senior Camogie Championship, Kilmele 311, Kilkishan Budaik 14 points, Aina Kilnamona 111, Trua Clonara 3 points. 
Newmarket and Fergus 118, St. Joseph's Door Bearfield 8 points, and Scarva Gunnow 221, 6 Mile Bridge 16. One more result last night in the Carlow Senior Camogie Championship. It finished Michael 211, Nate Breed 11 points. Delighted now to be joined by a very special guest, the All-Ireland winning Westmead Camogie manager, Johnny Greville. And first, Johnny, good evening. Thank you very much for joining us. No problem, Darren. Hope all is well. Johnny, we'll have a quick chat in a couple of minutes about um, your hopes for later in the year. Of course, thankfully, Camogie is back. And I certainly could say that there's no county that really is looking forward to 2020 more than Westmead. Yeah, definitely, yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's been a soft start here. Um, I know, I suppose, with this uh, pandemic, but it's great to have the, you know, the championship in the horizon there. And it's, you know, it won't be long about coming around either. Um, we got, uh, I suppose, the draws. It'll be uh, a tasty one, you know, Waterford and Limerick and Kilkenny. Uh, so, you know, look, we're probably lucky because um, it gives us maybe this foundation because of the, uh, no promotion or relegation this year that's given us a kind of a, you know, a taste of senior camogie to, to, to build for, for 2021, you know. And that's probably the one thing coming out of all, all this is that, you know, you have that chance to establish yourself in the senior ranks anyway, like being guaranteed two years. And that's very, very important for the development of the game. It is, yeah, yeah. The, the yo-yo system isn't really great. You know, your, your team goes up and goes back down. You know, me, you know, had a, had a huge year in the intermediate. You know, the, before they went up senior, the, you know, they've beaten uh, Cork and Replay in the Gaelic grounds. And, you know, and a really good side and... Uh, Maybe, you know, a two-year could have been, you know, a two-year stint at senior would have maybe suited me a lot better because, you know, they, they, they're of a high standard and, uh, you know, they just they went up on the deep maybe from the year before and came straight back down. So it, it is something maybe for developers of the Camogie that they could look at as these teams that are promoted that are given maybe at least a, at least a two-year period at that, at that grade, you know. Because Westmead have shown in the last few years, like it's only a couple of years back when you were junior champions as well, you've really jumped up the ladder that uh, it goes to show that if, if players can group together, work hard, then anything is possible. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, like, and, and, you know, I suppose we're a small county with uh, a small number of clubs and um, it's, it, it is difficult, you know, you know, when you have a, maybe a marquee player that's, that's unavailable or injured, it's, it's sometimes hard to replace them, but we've had a big turnover of players in in that period of time as well. Um, you know, when we won the junior, but we were operating like you know our our our, our um, you know our start in that at that level at junior we started off. It, it, it was difficult. We played like any second team were beaten by thirty points uh, in Cusick Park in the Leinster Championship uh, uh, at the start of that season. You know, and that that was a game that we learned a lot from, and that ultimately it was one of those games that maybe got us across the line in the All Ireland final. You know. And of course, when you do get to the senior ranks as well, I know you were playing in the second tier in the league, but to get to the senior ranks as well and didn't the fear that it mightn't happen this year, it would have happened eventually. It's great now, to, as you mentioned there, to be looking forward to games against Kilkenny, Liberick and Waterford. Yeah, I know it is. You know, like there was a lot of uncertainty at the start of the year and uh, you know, when this kicked off, you know, we were all looking forward to, uh, I think our original fixtures were playing Galway in... Um, Stadium and in a double header um, with, with Galway Hurlers playing Dublin in the Leinster Championship. So that was the original, uh, I suppose, carrot for the girls to look forward to. And, you know, that was taken away and it was all rejigged and re- redone. So it was, it, you know, it, it, it panned out perfect because, you know, the club championship is really, really important. And, uh, you know, it's kicking off here in Westmead on Wednesday night. And, you know, every county is going to be in the same boat. But look at it, it's something as well, you know, I don't think.
think it has been a lot highlighted. So there is a lot of players who have opted opted away from playing uh, playing uh, playing camogie or even ladies football or um, you know for the rest of the year due to the pandemic. You know, and they can't be forgotten about either because you know it was a personal choice and uh, and it is very strange times for us all. You know. And it's very difficult as well, and all those very understandable reasons with family to think about as well. But as you mentioned there, we definitely will look forward to talking later in the year again about Waterford, Limerick and Kilkenny. But it's club championship, Johnny, that we mainly want you to put your eye over as well. And of course, when somebody thinks of Westmead Camogie, I suppose there's one place they go first, and you know it yourself, and that's for Harney. Yeah, yeah, for Harney, have, um, you know, that's uh, it's where I started my own um, managerial career uh, with Raharney. Um, back maybe 15 years ago and uh, you know at the, at the time when I started off St. Moonas were the, the, the Kamoki Kingpings in Westmead and they were you know basically doing what Rahani are doing at the moment you know they were dominating the, the, the Kamoki scene in, in Westmead and winning championship after championship and it was very hard to break that to break that cycle but luckily enough we did uh, you know we I think Rahani we went on then to win three in a row after not winning anything for 25 years and you know the club has grown Massively since then, and to put in a massive amount of work at, at underage level, and, and there's huge, uh, huge player player pool in Raharney, like a lot of very young players, like uh, uh, who are are developing in the right way. And, and look, we're lucky enough that the county scene, you know, it's great to have a really strong club like Raharney, but we're not dominated by Raharney at county level, which is great because you know some counties have uh, have maybe suffered because of that in in in. in Past years, you know, I just take two for example, maybe Kildare, who were over reliant on Johnstone Bridge, and then you had Carlow, who were over reliant on the Michael uh, players. And you know, and as soon as, as soon as anything happens at, at either of those clubs, and you lose a pool of players, it's very hard at inter-county level then to maintain a standard, you know. But uh, Rahani are, are, are probably it's, it's their championship to lose, maybe you know, you, uh, you safely say, but uh, Westmead Pokey have, have, have a huge, uh, you know, plus by being myself personally, I think. The amalgamations of, of Cullion and Delvin and uh, uh, Brownstown and uh, Plunkett and Pollard and, and Crook and Woods is, is a hugely positive step forward because, um, you know, it's only going to make the thing more competitive at senior level. And that is true, uh, Johnny, because as you mentioned there, people look at Raharney, look at All-Ireland Finals and all that, but it's a very, very, there's a lot of competition in Westmead and no more so than their opening opponents in Wednesday night. Lockton Gales have been in two, I'm hoping pronouncing that right, in two recent Westmead Finals. Yeah, yeah, no, Lachlan Gales have been, uh, have been strong and uh, maybe just maybe you've taken the foot off the pedal, you know, just from what I have seen um, personally myself over the last few years, maybe you've taken the foot off the pedal slightly because it, it, it is really very difficult to go to a county final every year or every second year and to be beaten, you know, you need to be winning one of those to, to grow the game within the club and, uh, you know, to give the players the, the, the confidence and the, that bit of a winning feeling. Like, we hardly have that uh, in abundance now, you know, I think they're going for the sixth in a row and, um, you know, so, you know, Lock and Gales have, have been there, thereabouts, and uh, have been a strong club throughout the last 10 or 15 years, and, uh, you know, have got it hard to make the breakthrough at, at certain stages, but, you know, Raharney won't be taking it lightly, I doubt it, and, and, and Lock and Gales, on their own patch, will, will, will fancy themselves as well, you know. And that's the thing as well. You always look forward to taking on the defending champions at home. Another team that is at home, and they've been knocking on the door in recent times, is Clon Kill, and they have a home match against St. Munas. Yeah, yeah, they're you know close neighbours, and uh, I, I might not be uh, thanked for saying this too much, but like I, I would love to see Moonis and Clonkill join together, um, you know, and this amalgamation uh, uh, 
that, that the, the county seems to be going towards, and uh, you know, there'd be a huge, huge force in the county um, if they came together. Because you know, there, there's brothers and sisters staying for different clubs within the area, and I think if both clubs that came together, I won't be thankful for saying it, but it's something personally I would love to see, and I think it would. Uh, would annex uh, a senior title uh, within a year or two if that did, that did happen. But on, on mirrors on their own, on both clubs, I'm a huge admirer of Clunk Hill. Um, the Paddy Dowden is all that I played against Paddy and uh, for many a year at, at senior hurling level with, uh, with Raharney against Clunk Hill. And, you know, he, he, he manages the same way he plays, full of energy and full of uh, enthusiasm and passion and pride. And, you know, Clunk Hill gave Raharney a, a, a huge, um, you know, scare last year's county final, especially the first half, and if they could have maintained. You know, they lost, uh, they lost one of our key players, one of our panel members in, the, uh, in West Mead, was Ashing Irons, and, uh, you know, the crucial stage of the game. And, you know, it's just hard to know what way that game could have went if, if Conkill had kept the pressure on Raharney in that final. They, they could really come out on top because it did cause Raharney a lot of problems. Well, certainly at the end of the year, there'll be a lot of food for thought there, especially if Conkill can be there or thereabouts again in the Westmead Championship race. You mentioned one amalgamation already, Cullion and Delvin coming together, and they have a home game against Castletown Gagan. Yeah, yeah, again, it's, uh, I think it's a hugely positive move. Uh, you know, Cullion had a, had a great year. You know, not just my brother Jimmy is, is actually managing them. And, uh, you know, they had a great run. They, you know, they got to Leinster Jr., uh, a lot of the final were beaten by Kevin, uh, Dan and Kevin. And, uh, you know, they, they, they had a lot of, a couple of good young players coming through. They have, you know, something which is vitally important in Camogie, which is, you know, a, a good goalkeeper. And uh, they have their inter-county goalkeeper, Fiona Keating, in, in goals with Bullion and Delvin, which is a huge plus. And then, you know, uh, Delvin joining, you have Sarah King and Denise McGrath, Steve Horn, and uh, players like this who are, are hugely... Uh, talented players who, who, who have played with me over the last three or four years, um, as well as Emma Brown and, uh, you know, Katie Lade was with us a few years ago as well, and I said already about Fiona Keating. So it was a great mix, uh, I think, there. And I think Pullian could be, Pullian Delva could be uh, one of the surprise packets in the championship this year. If they, if they get a couple of wins and got to a semi final, I'd, I'd fancy them maybe to, to push a couple of the Kingpins to, to, to get into a county final this year. And that's the thing as well. We talked about three teams in particular already. That fourth spot has often opened up uh, big opportunities for many clubs all over the country. A quick word, Johnny, on the club. They are not playing this weekend. Castle Pollard, Crookedwood. Yeah, Castle Pollard, um, Castle Pollard, Crookedwood uh, are managed by James McGrath. So James is a well-known uh, inter-county referee, and James is very, very astute and very, uh, you know, he's, uh, he does a great job. A good coach. He does some great work in the school there in Castle Pollard. Um, and, uh, you know, with the lads teams there, now he's stepping into the bogey side of things, which he, uh, you know, which is, which is great for Crookerwood and, and, and Pollard because, again, between the two teams, uh, you know, Crookerwood have some excellent players, you know, there's a couple of, couple of young players coming through there, you know, there's uh, Darla McLaughlin there who got a player of the year there in DCU this year at, at a level and, uh, you know, Murrin Scally and Roshi Scally and they're on the, on the, the county panel as well, you know, and, uh, Pollard then have a couple of really good young players coming through, so you know they, you know they, it'll take a bit of time for them to come through. It might be just might be a little bit early for them yet, but you know if they, if they can hold on to James and hold on to that development and keep things pushing over the next couple of years, that I think they'll uh, they'll definitely do well uh, in the championship over the next two to three years. You know. Definitely a few clubs there ready to step up to the plate. Uh, Johnny, um, before I let you go, of course, I have to ask you the famous question. Um, is this where Harry needs to lose? You said that already. Is that your overall prediction or do you think somebody else could slip out and get the job done? 
Yeah, look, at I'm a hardy man through and through, but, you know, sometimes championships come very stale and, you know, you'd like to see somebody get a bit closer to Raharney and maybe give them a bit more of a scare than they've, uh, that they've got because, you know, look, I, look, I have my inter-county manager's hat on and I'm looking at trying to, you know, the game to improve and, uh, and teams to get better because, you know, when clubs are strong, it means the county the county panel is strong and the, and the players will be stronger. But, I, yeah, I think it's Raharney to lose. I think Raharney have a lot of strength, but they also have a, an awful lot of weaknesses, you know, um, Especially, you know, they, they've got a couple of when they've got out of the, the county and they've come up against uh, some some good opposition. They've got it hard to handle the pace um, and the intensity and maybe the quality of, of the opposition, um, which you know it's it's it, it's no disrespect to anybody in Westmead, but it's just uh, it seems to just fall down slightly when they get to the big day. And you know, last year's uh, final was was a prime example of it. I just felt that they they, they didn't play to their potential and uh, they were just um, you know the game they could have won, but uh, it was it was something that uh, they, I hope they learn from now. But I think Rahani are, are are excellent. They're they're they're, they're a huge team. They're great players. They're a part of our county squad, um, and I, I probably will stand by it. It is Rahani to lose, but I wouldn't be surprised to see some of the newcomers coming through maybe and, and cause a bit of a shock along the way. We certainly would love to see Raharney go all the way winning an Ireland title, but as you said, there's a lot of work to do beforehand, and we're really looking forward to the Westmead Camogie Championship. Johnny, thanks a million for joining us. You're the first inter-county manager we spoke to this year, and hopefully the first of many conversations we share in the near future. No problem at all, Darren. Now I'm delighted to be joined by Bernie Byrne from Wicklow Camogie, and Bernie, it's a big weekend for, a big midweek, I should say, for Camogie in the county with the start of your senior club championship. Yes, Darren. Um, both all, all of the championships start this week. We have the junior, intermediate, and the senior starting. So uh, the senior round one, we have uh, Nakanana versus Glen Ely, and we have Bray Emmett versus Donard de Glen there on uh, Tuesday night, tomorrow night there. So uh, it should be um, a nice little contest to get going with anyway, yeah. Yeah, because even looking there too, and um, no doubt Ray Emmett and Glenealy are going to be contenders, but Nakanana have had a great run the last few years, but they were caught out last year. They were, yeah. And, and in fairness to Donard and Glen, they were knocking on the door there for a few years, and uh, they finally got it over the end line last year, and a lot of hard work went into it, you know. So, like, it certainly wouldn't take anything away from the girls there in Donard, you know. It's... Uh, Definitely, it's going to be um, a lovely, a good, hard championship there. I know Glenelia are working hard. Um, Warren Kavanagh is training them there, so they're going to be there and thereabouts as well. You know, they're going to be in the mix. Um, not quite sure how Bray Emmett are going. I haven't got an update from anybody there. But, uh, yeah, they're, it's kind of their first year of seniors, so uh, they will be looking forward to the challenge, I'm sure, you know. And even as you say, they're their first year up senior as well. They're trying to establish themselves amongst the top tier. And while it's four teams are going to post, there's no doubt it's going to be a very competitive competition. It will be, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely one to keep an eye out for there. Uh, like the, I, I, I played against all of those girls and uh, they uh, they certainly leave it all in the field, you know. It is. It's a county that um, doesn't, I suppose, get much recognition Camogie-wise at times. But you're saying there too, the players are equally dedicated as anywhere else. We look at Nakanana first. Uh, their their title successes in recent years are still one of the, arguably the team to beat, even though they're not the current champions as well. And they'll be determined to get their title back. Absolutely, and uh, I think the thing that stands with two Nakanana girls there, 
a lot of them play uh, senior football there with Tinahili and uh, they're top tier over there as well. So those girls know how to train and they know how to train hard, you know, and you can't beat fitness. Oh, fitness is the key thing. And that's another thing as well, Bernie, that after the lockdown, I know people have been trying to keep themselves going and they're getting back into collective training, but until the first game of the championship comes, nobody knows exactly where they are. Exactly, yeah. And this year, I think it's going to be um, completely unknown because of lockdown. Like, um, a lot of it's going to come down to how the girls handle their fitness personally themselves and how many have had the discipline to get out and run the roads or run the fields or whatever they have to do to keep the fitness up, you know. It is definitely, it's going to be an interesting championship. I can't wait to, to get it going and to see how it goes, you know. And for Glenelie, as you said there, they're really putting in good work and they feel like they have an the opportunity. First game out is the perfect time to go market them against uh, all the established top teams and get a crucial result that could open up a final door for them. Oh, without a doubt. And uh, yeah, the, 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 the Glenelie girls are a fierce, honest bunch down there as well. But they don't mind the hard work. And as I said, like they have Warren over them there now and uh, I'd be certainly keep an eye on them, you know. But the Nardlind, um, they were the chasers the last couple of years. Now they're the ones being chased. It brings its own pressure coming into the championship. It does. And uh, the, the, the plus to it, having spoken to a good few of the uh, teams around over the last few days, there is a plus side to it that a lot of the girls that might have been away or might have been caught up some other way because of lockdown, they actually have, the numbers are a little bit better. So that in itself, you know, brings its own pluses as well. So, like, it really is all to play for, and I wouldn't like to be putting my money on any one team, to be honest. And that's a good point as well. As well some clubs across the whole country might be missing uh, some players due to understandable circumstances based on what we've gone through. There's a lot back anxious to play the game as well, and a lot of clubs are going to reap the benefits out of that. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think the general sense is all around that the numbers are up a little bit. I know there is a couple of clubs still struggling, but I think it's more to do with the fact that the the football in the area probably would have gained a few more, you know. Um, not necessarily anything to do with, it's just the friends are going to play football as opposed to going to play Camogie. And that does have its own little draw, you know. So um, apart from a couple of clubs, I think the numbers are generally on the up, yeah. And Joe, you know, I just well, we're going to, I'm going to take you up on that point for a second before we go back and uh, finish off with the club because there's been great work. I've seen it myself being done uh, to promote Kamoki Wicklow too. There's um, you good young players there wanting to play the game as well. It's in one way it's an eternal struggle, but it's 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 a great loyal group that's really are passionate about the game and determined to bring Wicklow forward. That's it, and uh, you can go through every club in the county, and there's always going to be three or four. Old school, familiar names that have been there, plugging along for years, uh, no thanks for it, not expecting anything of it. It's just pure and simply for the love of the game. And it's those people that have held the clubs. And uh, yeah, a lot of them are reaping the rewards. They're bringing home the championships. And, uh, you know, their, their, their work does take rotation. It just takes a bit of time, you know. Wicklow have come in now the league a couple of occasions at inter-county level. Is there good numbers coming through in underage that we might see a more regular Wicklow involvement in inter-county camogie over the next couple of years? There, there's a nice number coming through. I couldn't say that it's, it's uh, brilliant. But again, I don't think, I think that's more to do with the fact that um, years ago when we were growing up, our options were very limited as to what sport we could play. 
whereas that is no longer the case. There is anything you want out there now and everybody has means to getting there, which wasn't always the case either. So I think there's a big draw to a whole wide variety of sports as opposed to just one or two. So because of that, like I think every sport is struggling to a certain degree, you know. That's the thing you said, the more options there as well. And often we'll, we'll mark down to how, how certain codes are succeeding at the time, but the main effort for Camogie and Wicklow is to try and just keep that nucleus of talent, the more the merrier, of course, as to stick together. And hopefully that will open up the door for others. Exactly, yes. And uh, yeah, you know, you, you can't success breed success, as they say, and it's very, very true. You know, if you have a team going well, you certainly will see a, a big boost in the underage there. You know, you can't be going out onto the side of the field and watching your heroes playing and striving to be that person someday in the future, you know. I well, certainly hope that Wicklow Camogie will, will continue to generate role models that will bring that forward and we'll see them in more regular activity in inter-counties not too distant future. Bernie, let's go back to the club then before we wrap up as well. We've gone through the four teams and what we expect out of them. But of course, now I'm going to put the gun to your head. And who, in your opinion, will be the Wicklow Senior Camogie Champions of 2020? Oh, Lord, uh, you really are putting the gun to the head. Um very much, yeah. Look at it. It's it's uh, it's very hard to go away from the old uh, the Anna Donard final. But as I said earlier, I certainly would be having my eye on Glen Ely. Uh, they're not going to be down there doing nothing when they have Warren Cavan training them, you know. Glen Ely, a dark horse bet to certainly keep an eye on. Possibly, yeah. Very possibly, yeah. And Bernie, before I let you go, of course, we were just talking mainly about senior. We don't have time to go into all the other ones. Is there any other clubs in their respective intermediate junior competitions that we could be keeping an eye out for that might be on for a good year? Um, well, yeah, look at the junior there. There's five teams in it. There's the Contegans, uh, Eroge, we have Ockram, we have Carnew and Balnacor there. But the, the one that uh, stands out for me there is uh, when you go into the intermediate league, you have Contegan again and you have Anacora, Kilcool and Avondale. And I think in this current climate, any club that's able to put teams out, they're doing something right, you know? Almost certainly. So definitely I would be uh, keep, keeping an eye on Kiltegan there, you know? Kiltegan, another Glenealy Kiltegan double will certainly keep an eye out for. Bernie, thanks a million for talking to us. We wish everybody the best luck in the Wicklow Camogie Championships this year and we look forward to talking to you again later on during the year. Darren, pleasure. Thanks very much. So before we finish up with Camogie, now let's look at the fixtures in that code over the next couple of days. And it starts tonight, Tuesday. What a way to start off in the Galway Senior Camogie Championship. All-Ireland champion Sarsfields up against the last team to beat them, Ardrahan. That's in New Inn at 7 o'clock. Coming up at 7.45 in Crotwell will be Crotwell up against Aircourt. In the Wicklow Senior Camogie Championship, both games thrown in at 7.30 this evening. Nakanana take on Glenealy and Bray Emmett are up against Donard Glen. Moving on to the Carlow Senior Camogie Championship at 8 o'clock throw-in in Mount Leinster Rangers and Boris. Mount Leinster Rangers take on St Mullins. They're the Tuesday fixtures. Moving to tomorrow, Wednesday, three games in the Westmead Senior Camogie Championship. Down for 7 o'clock. Tom Killer at home to St Mullins. Lachlan Gales take on defending champions for Harney and Cullion Delvin meet Castletown Gagan. And that leaves us finally going to the Goway Senior Camogie Championship. Thrown in at 7.30 tomorrow. That's Wednesday. St. Thomas's against Ormore Mary. And that's it for this week's edition of the third half. I'd like to thank our guests again. Martina Farrell, Johnny Greville and Bernie Byrne. 
and also Joseph McDade with the team song Park Boss, and you can get more from him on josephmcdade.com music. Also join us for two installments of The Fair Green this week as we profile Dublin Camogie's Ashing Maher on Wednesday and Kerry Ladies Football forward Emma Deneen on Thursday. We'll be back for the Curtain Razor on Friday. Hope you enjoyed the show. I'm Darren Kelly and this was The Third Half.